You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in and participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. And in this case, new callers means like anybody that called and has a new call. Because I want to prioritize new calls over old calls. So it looks like we've got about four calls from today at around the time the training camp was done. Um, I don't know that they're going to be about training camp. But it doesn't really matter. We're going to do those four, then we'll take it up back to the top, and we'll try to keep this thing going and hopefully get caught up so we don't have to skip too many calls. Um, but with that said, uh, Kyle from Madison, what's going on, man? Ryan, Kyle from Madison. Hey, hey, uh, thanks for the marriage advice. Oh yeah, honestly, it was really, uh, it was really helpful. Thank um, you. Just kind of give me a You're little uh, reset on you know how to view things. Fair honestly, enough. I didn't get. Um, a PDF on the how-tos of marriage, and so it's great to hear other opinions like that, and I appreciate you offering an honest opinion. It was very helpful to me. I wanted to call and say, um, after my Madden rant, I went on a little bit of a research binge, and actually, I have some good news. If anybody else uh, has similar frustrations, um, while the licensing for like the Packers and all the NFL stuff isn't going anywhere, um, there is a studio that is releasing uh, in September a game that looks really promising. It's it's called Maximum Football 2023. So, yeah, you know, buddy. Just your right kind now. of bread and butter name. But it's uh, built on the Unreal 5 engine, which, as right. I understand, is an excellent engine, especially for that genre. And it's going to be available on all the consoles, current gen and, like, your Xbox One, Xbox or PS4, and then also, like, Steam, computer, the whole thing. And it's free to play, which I think is a really smart move by them. I'm sure they'll sell, you know, skins and things like that. But everything I've been reading about it is that, like, they're really focused on uh, the details of the mechanics and kind of went back to basics on making the the play experience more enjoyable. Um, and some of the stuff I've been looking at, it's really cool. Uh, you can design your own uniform, uniforms and stuff like that. Nice. But it looks really, actually, pretty promising. It does look I pretty think. solid. Well, it's not the Packers. It might be something that um, will be a welcome addition to the, you know, barren uh, right. pro football landscape. So I just wanted to call and give an update on that. Um, if that's something that interests people, uh, give it a check. Uh, Maximum Football 2023 um, dropping in September. All right. Talk to you later. Well, I definitely appreciate you bringing that up. Um, the other reason is, I, like I said, I don't have gaming consoles. I just use my PC. And this is on Steam, so that's freaking awesome. Um, I see it says planned release date 2023, so hopefully, according to you, we've got about another month. I will try to keep my eye on it. In fact, I'll add it to my wish list right now. Um, but yeah, man, it seems pretty cool. I, I Madden, so Madden hasn't been on PC in a long time. And then I just saw recently, it's like, oh yeah, Madden, there's like a PC. So I bought Madden. It was not super cheap, but it's not Madden. It's more like the Madden that you get on your cell phone than the Madden that... So, that was frustrating. And if it is supposed to be real Madden, then I guess Madden these days just freaking absolutely sucks. Because I, I was playing it, I'm like, what is this garbage? Like, this is not fun at all. But, uh, yeah, man, maximum football. Lead your team to victory in the ultimate football simulation. I wonder what else... Because I haven't even really looked into it. What else is there that's... Go down to here, see what's recommended. They have nothing for football. It doesn't mean there isn't any, but they didn't even recommend. It's all basketball, 2K, WWE, 2K, FIFA, Sims, <laughs> for some reason. I'm not going to lie, man. I kind of like Sims. It gets old, but I mean, if you're just looking to kill some time, it's a great time killer. Yes, I do have it somewhere on this computer. Shut up. Leave me alone. I was feeling nostalgic, all right? I wanted to buy it. Speaking of feeling nostalgic, you know what the best buy I've made this entire year is? I found it on Amazon. I completely forgot about it. 
And I saw it, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I bought it sight unseen, which is not the right phrase because I did see it with my eyes. But um, Speed Stick. <laughs> Dude, you remember Speed Stick? Man, I saw it's It's deodorant for those that don't know. I saw it, and I'm like, that's that's still a thing, first of all. And second of all, I completely forgot that I forgot about that. So then I bought it, and I immediately just started sniffing it like okay let, let me let me see if i can remember and it's like i was transported to 1996 i saw the super bowl all right when i took a whiff if i just had a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of brute it would smell exactly like the 90s man i might do that i might buy a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of brute and just kind of pour them into a pile and like blow some smoke into it and just be like leave me alone it just i want to smell the 90s for a second here but yeah it's got that mustiness to it you know oh, i love most people are probably be like, that's gross, that's stupid, it's whatever. I don't care. I love it. There's like a, a shred of masculinity in it that like modern perfumed things don't super have anymore. I'm all about it, man. I'm, I'm excited about the speed stick, my friends. I don't know, maybe you guys have been using it all along, but I, I haven't. That, that was like the go-to back in the day, and then I haven't seen it, heard about it, thought about it in forever. And then I just see like original speed stick, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It's a great day. I'm having a great day. I don't know about you guys. I got Packers today. I got Speed Stick on, smelling like an old man, drinking cold coffee. Dude, today rocks. Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. Hey. Calling uh, in a few things today. Uh, I'm training camp officially started this morning. And oh, boy, did that get me jacked up this season. I am out of breath. I'm doing yard work. I'm talking to you. <laughs> and it's uh, 90 degrees. Um, For some reason, it got cut off, but he called back. Hey, oh. Ryan. Hey, Sorry, hi. I had no idea what just happened. I was walking during yard work. Maybe I bumped, bumped something. My phone. I don't know. Anyways, just super jacked up for the season and watching love. Uh, watching him ride the bike, all the kids yelling his name as he walked out of the tunnel. I just hear some yeah. selling and stuff. Um, love the cohesion we're seeing, you know. Jones and uh, Love doing each other big old pegs to start out camp. See some of that on Twitter. So yeah. having a little bit of hard time hearing you. So if you, I mean, I I don't, I get it. If you're doing yard work, you're just kind of chilling. But if your neighbor has got the the leaf blower going, either tell him to shut the heck up, or you know, just head inside for a minute, grab a glass of lemonade or something. I'm just, oh, I can't wait. I'm stoked for the year and. The closer it gets, the more positive I get about the year, but I'm not sure if that's just by, you know, Packer fans getting excited about the season or starting to see some stuff, maybe, you know. I don't know. I haven't given my prediction yet. I may, may hold off on that for a little bit, but um, the other thing I was calling it about, which now I'm forgetting because I'm talking to you. Oh, shoot. What were we just – what were we talking about? Oh, I've just been packing it up in the dark. You're talking about running backs again and – Positions, and I just I underrelated to you know, quote unquote, the real work world. I am a systems analyst, and so if I had big sets that systems analysts don't make as much as VPs, then does that mean we need to magically pay systems analysts as much as VPs? I mean, that'd be great, but yeah. it ain't gonna happen. So, anyways, I just that was interesting related to that standpoint. You know, talk about to the CEOs, kind of, you know. CEOs are going to make more than everybody else. Just how it works. So, um, you know, and as uh, we adapt to the new passing league and we get more pass catch running backs, you know, we'll get paid accordingly. Christian McCaffrey just got the bag, but that's because he's an elite pass catcher in addition to a runner. So they just need to their skill sets. Anyways, I just thought it was fun to think about it from that perspective. Uh, okay, two more training camp stuff. Go back to. Yep, pretty jacked up about training camp, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a running back and want to make money, then um, convince somebody that you're a quarterback like Justin Fields does, and then you'll you'll make more money. Hey, Ryan, if you're uh, still keeping track of uh, a couple of things, I wanted to reiterate my vote for uh, believing in Joe the Jander, so yep. I am a truther. Uh, and, and again, just to reiterate, that that debate is closed. We don't have anybody left that isn't a truther. We had one denier out of like 15, and he semi-changed his vote. So we just, I just shut that down. I'm not even keeping track anymore. Um, and secondly, my win total that I think 
Green Bay will have will be 11 wins. And I don't think that's being optimistic. I think with the defense and what it should do, I think we are going to show out big time. So I'm going all in. My chips are on the table. So that is what I am betting on. I'm out. All right, Garrett and Emilio at 11. All right, well, I guess we didn't need to uh, skip ahead to the front. Nobody really had any thoughts on training camp today. So back to the bottom of the list we go. Brian. Hey. Kyle from Madison. What's up? So there's a lot of talk about this whole running back controversy, Mm -hmm. let's call it. And I think as little as I try to pay attention to the interweb and the madness there, it's even seeped into my bubble, people arguing about this. And I know you spend a lot of time on it. And I think there's, there's things, people are getting lost on some things here. So in my understanding, do you need an absolute stud running back to be successful? And the answer is no. Do you need to pay top dollar for running backs to be successful? And the answer is no. But those are totally different subjects than what some people I've heard arguing, which is, no, you don't need a running game. That is absolutely not true. You need a running game, uh, in my opinion. I, I don't see how it works without one. That running game, you know, I, I guess when I say running game, I will say plays where the ball is put into play at or behind the line of scrimmage. Because I think you can supplement some of the true running game with short passing, you know, into the flats and behind the line of scrimmage. We've done that some years when we've had injuries. But you do need to have a run because without a run, you lose the play-action pass. I was going to say you lose the and ability to pass. I think it was pass. 2018 maybe is when it was its worst for us. Like maybe we had the wrong season. But I do recall – not that long ago, when we weren't at all committed to running the ball, and you could tell defensive coordinators were just telling their players, I don't care about the play action. I don't care if we get burnt. I do not want you to respect that play action. I want you to get to Rodgers. I don't care about anything else. And it destroyed us. And so I guess I would argue, you know, if you have a stud running back, you probably need less plays to threaten the defense to pay attention to you because the better that player is, the more they'll have to respect the threat of run and the better off your play action is going to be, I guess is what I'd say. So do you have to pay them? No. Do you have to have them? No. Is it really nice if you do have them? Yeah, it is because you might get away with only doing, you know, 10, 14 running plays. And if you have uh, an absolute home run hitter, the defense has got to stay home on those run those run responsibilities. So, all right, bye. Yeah, I mean, so I don't want to keep saying the same things, but you know, again, to just kind of reiterate, I mean, I guess the the easiest thing is, as I've been saying, the the NFL is telling us everything we need to know. It's giving you the value when it when when they pay their running backs. Two running backs, not necessarily of the run game, because that's a slightly different question, but it, it's tied together with the value of the running backs. But they're also telling you that, because again, it was, what was it, Derrick Henry? Well, then why don't you just get rid of running backs? Well, because nobody said there's no value, right? The NFL is also paying running backs, right? They're also running the football. <laughs> it's also a thing that they're doing. But again, I think what people have learned is there's, there's several things. Number one is the more they move away from rushing attempts and toward passing attempts, the better their offense gets. Because passing, as I said, in almost every situation is a better way to move the ball, a more efficient way to move the ball down the field than running in almost every single situation. Um, I think, you know, there, there are situations where running makes sense. Like, again, for bleeding the clock down and those kinds of things. But, but the, the biggest asset that I, to, to my understanding of the rushing attack is that it complements the passing attack, which seems somewhat counterintuitive because it's like, well, we're going to run so that you respect the run so that we can pass. Well, if the run was entirely useless, we just would never respect the run and we would just say, I I don't care, do whatever you want. But 
presumably if you completely abandon stopping the run, then you would be bled down the field. I mean, there does have to be some attention paid to that. This is not me speaking authoritatively. I'm just trying to think this through a little bit in terms of what that would mean. But I also think that's why you're seeing teams not really respect it, including the Green Bay Packers. It's why I've been saying as much as it's frustrating and, you know, Packer fans are saying, well, we need to address the run defense. What are the Packers doing? They went out and got an edge rusher to play along the defensive line. Technically three, if you include Lucas Van Ness, edge rushers to be defensive tackles. And then we moved Garvin, an edge rusher, to defensive tackle. That happened today. So we have four new defensive pieces that can help bolster the interior of the defensive line, and all four of them are edge rushers, at least originally. You, you could argue that some of these guys are better fit for interior anyways if you want. That's fine. But the point is, this is what their role was in college, and clearly that's what the intention is. It's not, let's go get some really good run defenders. Let's, let's go get some pass rushers. But you also have your uh, TJ Slayton, so it's like, all right, we'll have one guy that's just going to take up some space and hopefully help so that while we're sending our freaking horses to get after the quarterback, maybe somebody can kind of hang back. And like, we'll get some coverage linebackers, but they're really good tacklers, so if they happen to be in the area, they'll bring them down. I mean, the, the, it's it's very obvious that they're trying to... It's, it's kind of similar to special teams in a way, where they're really trying to care as little as possible until it just becomes devastating and then they have to do something, but they do it very begrudgingly. I feel like that's kind of where we're at with run defense. And I don't know that it was bad enough last year, believe it or not, that it, it it's like, you know, the Packers 2021 uh, special teams, which was not just 32nd, but was like the worst of all time <laughs> type of special teams. Ryan, hey, how are you? Good. Uh, Jeff Matchett, um from Minneapolis. Magic. You know, I'm actually not from Minneapolis. I'm from Milwaukee. That's I'm going to start saying from Milwaukee. I live in Minneapolis, so I don't know why the heck I would give Minneapolis uh, the credit there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jeff from Milwaukee, uh, that's what we're going with now. Last name is pronounced Matchett. I think Magic. you had said Machete. Don't worry about yeah. it. That's that's very common. Uh, we used to call it with my grandfather, and uh, the last name is spelled M-A-T-C-H-E-T-T-E. Uh, so think about Marquette, Matchett. Uh, but inevitably we would get, we would get machete all the time and my grandfather being the, uh, wise guy that he was would always say just like cigarette Uh, so, um, anyways. To be fair, I, I tried to do you a solid because let's be honest, machete would be a freaking sweet last name, but yeah. Machette, um, similar to Marquette or that former Viking receiver, Matthew Hatchett, I uh, just have an M. Matchette. But uh, anyways, calling because uh, wondering, I see well, a couple things. I, I appreciate what Clayton's been talking about with uh, the fronts and uh, how many different variable fronts Joe Barry incorporates and, and shows with the, the defense. And i got to probably listen to Clayton a little bit more here because I'm just wondering about gap responsibility and gap integrity and those kind of things. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's employing a gap-and-a-half defense with those defensive linemen where the guy's responsible for the B gap, and then he's squeezing that A gap also um, to try to basically take take up two gaps, but it's in a sense a gap and a half responsibility because they're taking over the majority of that B gap and then squeezing that A. But maybe Clayton can talk about that some more so I can learn and, and understand because I might not have everything uh, fully understood there for sure. Uh, but really was calling because I see now that Stokes is coming back. Eric Stokes is supposed to be ready for training camp, uh, which is good news overall. I know I've been, I've voiced my concerns with him as far as his ability to locate the football and maybe, uh, generally his run tackling and so forth, but, uh, certainly a guy with cover skills. Curious to hear your thoughts on what happens now. I mean, is he just going to come back and be like the nickel and dime corner in those situations? Since we have, we've got Rasul, we've got Jair, and we've got Nixon, who look to be, you know, the main three. Um, I, I'm just curious. Is, is Stokes going to then kind of be worked back in slowly here, or is training camp enough of an opportunity for him to maybe unseat one of the other guys? So. Um, certainly not Jair, but I'm just curious uh, to hear what your thoughts are on that. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, so I, I did see the optimism around this. Um, Bill Huber had some kind of a inside source, and, and it said Stokes recovery is on track. The source said, and the Packers are taking a cautious approach with a talented player. If all goes well, he could make his training camp debut in a couple weeks. Um, now, I don't exactly know what that means 
because I mean, there's, there's guys that are out there, but they're going to be on some kind of a list where they can't really participate this, that, or the other. I don't really know, but it, it is looking positive. My preference, and it's relatively straightforward, is that Stokes and Jair should be on the boundary and Razul should be in the slot. And and this is one of many things that a lot of people just don't agree with me on. But a couple key points. Number one, we massively overhyped Keyshawn Nixon. He really wasn't that good of a slot last year. He's a kick returner. I think he's great for what he is, but he is far from irreplaceable. Now, I don't know where Stokes is going to be at after his injury, but as far as I, we invested a, a lot into Eric Stokes to be a premier corner so that we have two premier corners. It's really not debatable to me that that is our path until it is very clear that Eric Stokes is not that guy, that that's where we're going to go. And it kind of seems like everyone gave up because Stokes got off to a slow start, but I'm not worried about a slow start. The entire, Like I said, the entire defense was terrible in that same stretch, right? He, he, he only played up until that point when the defense was just kind of terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm not all the way out on Stokes. I'm, I'm certainly not all the way in on Keyshawn Nixon. And I think the other thing is a lot of people feel like Razul was significantly better when he played on the boundary than in the slot. He's definitely got a lot more experience on the boundary than in the slot. Um, but I, I, I don't know that that's entirely true. If we just kind of separate out when he was on the boundary compared to when he was in the slot I, I, last year, um, I think you could make that case. There's a lot less volatility. 60s and 70s almost every single game when he was primarily a boundary corner. In the slot, there's a lot more volatility, but you know his, his highest graded game was the game in which he played the most slot snaps. But he also had his two worst games in the slot. So, look, I, I, I really don't know. But what I do know... If you really want to kick Jair into the slot, fine. I, I just I hate that with a passion. He is our number one corner. His priority is to be in the most important position, and that's generally going to be on the boundary. And and you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Razul, but I, I I'm not of the opinion that we should give up on Stokes, who again was a first round pick with elite attributes, for Keyshawn Nixon, who was brought over to be a special teamer, and 28 year old Razul Douglas. So my preference. Jair's on the boundary, Stokes is on the boundary, Razul is in the slot. Now, you, know, you mentioned putting Stokes in the slot or what? There's, I just, I don't see that. That To me, that's like putting Kevin King in the slot. And granted, he did an okay job and we actually put him in there, but he's just, he's not built that way. He's more of a straight line speed kind of guy. I, I don't know if I want him in tight spaces. Maybe, maybe you try him out. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I hope he does come back and we'll kind of see how they decide to use him, but I don't want to give up on Stokes. He has way too much potential to just cast him aside because he got off to a slow start in 2022. Let me just look at the specifics on that real quick. Um, yeah, so two of his three best games were the last two games he played, which is positive. And the other three highest graded games, which weren't necessarily the greatest, were the first and second and third week. So he had four bad games, which was New England, the Giants, the Jets, and Washington. Again, that is the dead period. Aside from that, it's 60s and 70s, which it's not the greatest, but it's pretty much what he was the year before. So my my number one would be, as I said, the number two would be to maybe flirt with Jair in the slot a little bit. Or, or I mean, you could even have a rotation. Maybe one way to handle this is if, if you just have your two corners out there, if you're in your, let's say, base defense, you could have Jair and Razul. And then if you go to your nickel defense, you could have Stokes and Jair on the boundary with Razul going into the slot. That way you're kind of prioritizing Razul with Stokes as your number three, but Stokes is still sort of a boundary guy. And if Stokes ends up rising to the occasion and being, you know, better on the boundary than Razul, then we can go that route. Or again, you could do Razul and Stokes and then Jair in the slot, or however you want to do it on a game-to-game basis. But those are my top three. Find a way to to, to rotate and, and use them, but... Um, Again, I just I feel like everyone's given up way too much too easily on a guy that we invested in and showed out pretty well as a rookie. I mean, a, a promising enough rookie campaign that you could see growth beyond that. Hey, Ryan. Howdy. It's Joe. Joe. The janitor. The janitor. From Connecticut. What's up? What's up, man? So, um, wanted to call in, touch on something. I, uh, was reading an article this morning, and it mentioned a chance for uh, Rodgers to come to Lambeau and play us as a Jet um, next year. 
and they kind of broke it down. Um, I guess we have to play an AFC East team next year. I didn't fact check this. This is an article that popped up in my morning, you know, searches. Um, no fact check. But it said we have to play an AFC East team next year, and um, the team that we play depends on where we rank in our division. And um, I could see us or the Jets being first in the division, and I could see the Jets or us being last in the division. But right around second or third, um, you know, being in the same position in that division, and we might play the Jets, that'd be pretty cool. So, um, and it would be in Lambeau Field, according to this article. Again, I didn't fact check it. Um, wanted to touch in on another thing. So, uh, first of all, the articles that are being commented on from unnamed sources, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, fact check stuff first because I, I I don't want to look it up. But no, the, the 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 question for me is: Is Rogers even going to be a quarterback for the Jets next year? Because it might just be completely irrelevant. We're going to end up playing the Jets, and it's going to be the most stupid game in the world. Um, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come. I want to know if we're a good team. If if the Jets go on to make a push in the playoffs and the Packers win six games, I'm going to be dreading that Jets game so much. I don't even want it to happen. So we'll see a little bit later how interesting that may become. Uh, janitorial job's going good. I um, had my first big gig game, uh, Little League All-Stars. Um, they played at the, the college field, the collegiate field there. And... Um, I gotta say, these kids are pretty amazing. The way, how good they can throw and and catch, and uh, yeah, it's for for you know, for the kids these these age their age, it's it's unbelievable. But I'll tell you one thing: they they might have aim when they're throwing the ball, but they definitely don't have aim when they're taking leaks in the toilet. Oh come on! Oh my God, the mess I had to clean. But come on. it was pretty good. The game overall, that's that, that pee everywhere. Okay. You know. Yep. Um, Great. I'll touch on another thing. Please I heard do. it this morning about uh, tools, as far as power tools go. Um, Milwaukee is definitely number one. Um, I mean, if you were to Google it, I'm pretty sure as far as tradesmen go for drills and impacts and stuff, Milwaukee's pretty uh, up there. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's what I have for, like, a chainsaw and hedge trimmer and and uh, weed whacker, and that stuff works pretty well. I have a, a bunch of Milwaukee stuff um, besides hand tools, like, snap-on. And, and get yourself a good set of Husky tools, man. You won't regret it. Anyway, shalom. Well, as always, we appreciate the update, and, of course, we will take the advice from Joe the Janitor on tools because you, you know, you're going to need a good set of power tools when you're cleaning up pee. I'm just kidding you, man. I'm sure you know. Hey, Packy. It's Rambo. What's up, man? Finished the journey. Well, day before or whatever, up in beautiful Superior, Wisconsin, with the uh, Canadian wildfire smoke blowing around. Attaboy. Um, listening to Trucker Bob's call about the Packers and the quarterbacks, and uh, he's Touched on a train of thought that I've been trying to uh, to form as to I mean as, as to a reason why Love's chances of being a good quarterback are better than say the average non-empirical chances any other quarterback has. Mm-hmm. Um, your response, you mentioned that I mean people aren't here from like the late '80s and the early '90s and. I mean, Gutekunst has been around since then. Um, I mean, maybe a little later than the late 80s, but there is an institutional knowledge or process that Green Bay has within the building and the organization to um, develop these quarterbacks. You forgot to mention Aaron Brooks, by the way. Aaron Brooks was... He led the Saints to some really good years. Um, so I, I, I think just based on that, um, you know, Love does have, have a, a better chance to stay some average Joe, but 
I mean, of course, I've got no data to back this up. Just, uh, I'm in my fields. So, uh, anywho, shalom. Yeah, I mean, the the only two points that I would bring up is they have a process, and we know that the process isn't foolproof. Even if it is a good process, it's, you know, what is the percentage chance of, of being able to, to definitively hit on a quarterback prospect? The second is, and this is the larger point that I made, is that the knowledge that they have is not secret knowledge. So there's, there isn't much reason to believe that over the years, considering how much inter-movement there is from team to team to team, that the Packers process is or or knowledge for that matter is any different than all 32 teams and whatever margins there may be within that in other words the packers are this percentage better than everybody else it just it doesn't move the needle a ton for me in terms of saying i believe they didn't make a mistake here you know i mean it's it's just as likely that this isn't going to pan out is everybody else, although slightly different. And even that, it's like it's not like they have the pick of anybody. It's not like you're sitting there just saying, okay, you get your, your pick of any one of these quarterbacks, and they use their secret knowledge to select the best guy. They only had Jordan Love, right? And, and you know, if they were picking top 10, would they have picked Jordan Love? No. They picked Jordan Love because he was a good value for where he was, they think. So, you know, again, th- there's... <sighs> It's kind of like what I was talking about before in terms of how much actual knowledge there is that's knowable. Let's just pretend it's 50%, even though I don't think it's 50%, in terms of our ability to accurately predict the success of the player based on all the information that we have. How much does that change based on this organizational thing, right? Do, Do we go from... And that's assuming, you know, 50% is knowable. And that's, I know absolutely everything, and I perfectly assess everything. The best you can get to is 50%. So are we talking about the difference between, like, the Lions process puts them at, like, there's a 14% chance, and the Packers is, like, a 17% chance? I mean, that's just kind of how it feels in my mind, that we're kind of just nibbling around the margins here a little bit and not really, even if you're selling me on it, even if you can convince me that they, number one, have a better process and have a better ability, it just doesn't move the needle for me in terms of, okay, now reassess how much you think the chances are Jordan Love is going to be successful. Like, I don't know, man. Like a Hall of Famer, it moved from 2% to 2.2%. I, I, I don't know. Good quarterback, like, what, 10% to 12%? This is different for everybody. I mean, you come up to your own. I'm just, I'm just telling you that's... That's about as far as I would move that needle. Anyways, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where can support the podcast. If that's what you so choose to do, please remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com if you want a big old box of steaks or pork or ground beef or whatever it is you want. Um, again, grass fed. They got a little co-op thing going on. You can have it delivered directly to your doorstep. Use promo code PACKER10, capital P. Don't know if it matters, but do it just in case. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Aaron from Eau Claire. Going on. Um, wanted to, uh, as we transition to the Jordan Love era, I wanted to look back, and I was just thinking about who are some of my favorite um, Packers during the Aaron Rodgers era, okay. especially players that aren't your kind of uh, traditional top. Yeah. You know, there's Clay Matthews, and there's Julius Peppers, and there's... Uh, Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and all that. You have your kind of your top list of names, but I always love to uh, kind of find the supporting cast members that I like. And uh, a couple of them that just jumped to my mind were um, Tremont Williams. I was always a big fan of Tremont Williams. Um, yep. I know he was. Uh, well respected, but maybe doesn't have the same name recognition as like a Jordy Nelson. Um, and on that note, Sam Shields also uh, mm-hmm. also a favorite of mine. Uh, I also uh, had a soft spot in my heart for Latroy Guyon um, when he came over from the Vikings. Yeah, I thought sure. he made an underrated contribution to the team. He was team. solid, man, for sure. Um, so, uh, who are some of your favorite kind of uh, unsung heroes from the Aaron Rodgers era? Thanks. Um, let me kind of go back in time a little bit here and see if I can't pick out a few names. I think one name who did a real short stint, um, one of those guys that Teddy picked up, that I thought really did a, a good job, especially when our, our offensive line was in flux. But Jari Evans, long time, I think, New Orleans Saint that came over, did actually a very, very good job um, kind of stabilizing things. I mean, it was during a terrible time, so it was kind of flew under the radar. You know, if he had come in in 2016, the year prior, or, you know, 2010, 11, 2020, 2021, 20, 22, whatever, probably would have had more of an impact. But since it was such a garbage year, nobody cares. Um, I know I've mentioned it a couple times because he's still in the NFL, and I think he's kind of, I think the last few years he's pretty well tapered off. But Mike Pinnell, I thought he was kind of an underrated guy. He did a good job. I kind of didn't want to get rid of get rid of him. Jake Shum, punter. I mean, come on. Chris Banjo. I always like Chris Banjo. Again, we're 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 going deep cuts only. I'm skipping over obviously some really good names here, but I did like Banjo. I actually was a huge fan of Quentin Rollins. I know the whole Randall Rollins thing was terrible, but um, Quentin Rollins was actually a really good rookie, and I was super excited about him um, taking a step with some of the guys that we had at DB. Um, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, Casey Hayward, Sam Shields, and then you had Quentin Rollins as a rookie really stepping up, and it's like, dude, and we had Micah Hyde. I mean, that was such a potentially scary DB group. And then obviously we get rid of Morgan Burnett and Casey Hayward and Sam Shields and we're stuck with Randall and Rollins and Micah Hyde goes away. It just it went to it went away in horrible fashion. And and it didn't need to. I mean, some of these guys stayed in the NFL or are still in the NFL. And I'm looking at uh, 2015. Kind of a big mistake there, I think, to get rid of this group because it could have been a potentially Potentially a scary group, I think, for a while to come. Um, I mean, just Micah Hyde and Morgan Burnett as your safeties, right? I know we had HaHa, but we know how that panned out. Casey Hayward, Sam Shields um, at corner. 
And then, you know, I don't know exactly from there where you go. I mean, again, I, Quentin Rollins really had a, a solid start, but it, it tapered. I don't think Randall ever really did. Although we probably could have given him a shot at safety, whatever. Ladarius Gunter des- at least deserves a shout out. I know he kind of catches the brunt, but that's only because we pushed him into the number one cornerback role and surprise, surprise, he couldn't make it. But considering where he came from, you know, and to, like a guy that never should have been in that position... I thought he handled himself fairly well. Um, Tim Mastay, just sticking with special teams. Mastay was a friggin' beast. Oh, dude, Brett Goode, speaking of special teams. Wish he was still on the team. Jarrett Bush, I remember despising the guy, and then he just kept proving me wrong and ended up being very um, useful at times. Not really listing a lot of offense. I feel like all the offensive pieces were just elite, and then there was like backups that. I mean, we did have some really solid backup offensive linemen. It's like, we, and then they just went to go start for other teams. But anyways, that's just a few. I could probably continue on and on, picking random names. But there's a couple. Happy belated number three hundred, Ryan. Thanks. I uh, just wanted to congratulate you on. Hitting a new milestone with Packernet After Dark. Um, it has been a roller coaster, and I must say that uh, I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, sometimes, like on a roller coaster, it makes you want to puke, and other times <laughs> you're screaming and yelling. And uh, I just want to say that uh, it's been one heck of a ride, and uh, just want to congratulate you on uh, doing a tremendous job with the show that throws you a lot of tremendous crap <laughs> and a lot of good stuff and a lot of good questions and I'm glad that we've been able to get to know a lot of the callers over the years. Uh, I appreciate you giving us this opportunity to do this kind of show. Yeah. And uh, all the guys that call in, um, keep up the good work, guys. Uh, let's make this show bigger and bigger. Uh, I'm looking forward to what the next 300 bring. You can only get bigger and bigger. So, uh, Ryan, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I'm back from vacation, so I've got a lot of shows to catch back up on. I was in South Dakota, and uh, I was in Jackrabbit country. Got to talk to some uh, craft uh, people up there in uh, Brookings and nice. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I must say that uh, there are a lot of people with high expectations of him and uh are behind Green Bay that maybe wasn't behind Green Bay before. So I know it is uh, Vikings territory up there being real close to Minnesota and didn't really see anybody or talk to anybody that were Viking fans, but I did talk to some Packer fans. So uh, I think the the pulse on this is that uh, we are expecting great things from this team. So go Pack, go. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad that uh, at least through one day of camp, although you haven't seen the first day of camp yet, but – so far through one day of camp, we haven't given up on the team, so that's op- that's positive. <laughs> it's going to get a little dark for, for like five minutes tomorrow on the podcast, just fair warning. Just need to very clearly lay one very specific thing out about a certain player, and then, 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 we'll, then we'll move on. But obviously, um, you know, it, it's much like the players. we got to track the pulse on the fans as well. Obviously, right now we look at where everybody's at, and it's 10, 11 wins. I think the lowest is is it seven or eight? We've got seven. Uh, Jeff from I put Minneapolis, but I guess I should put Milwaukee on there. But it's I'm, I'm sorry. Once that's your name, man, that's just kind of how it stays for all of eternity. But other than that, it's it's eight plus with the majority being ten plus. So we'll keep an eye on her. But so far, lots of optimism. Hey Ryan. Hi. I was listening to uh, Bustin' with the Boys. Uh, that's Caleb Awan and. Uh, was in a Will Compton podcast. They had Travis Kelsey on there on July 11th. And they were talking about when did you start, like, seeing, like, the flashes with Mahomes. And they were talking about when Alex Smith was still there and he was running the scout team. And you would just see him make these throws. And really, it's just the whole thing was, is like, wow, we know he can do that. We just have to see him play within the offense. And, you know, long story short, now we see where Mahomes is. Well, you know, I don't know if we see it to the degree with with Mahomes, but we hear all that stuff 
that he can make all the throws. It's just playing within the offense, having that effort and going through the motions of getting everybody on the same page and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm pretty excited. We got training camp that's about to start. It's coming. I uh, have a lot of positivity. Everybody's excited. That's all I got. Go Pecco. Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping we can get some of those sparks from Jordan Love. <laughs> Start to see some of that that stuff that makes you feel like, dang man, now we know. But um, yeah, it's early, and we got some time, and we'll see how things shake out. That's that's all I got, I guess. Ryan, Kyle from Madison. Sup? So there was a question posed on After Dark uh, a couple episodes ago. What? team, you know, in the perfect world, what team will Love own? Mm-hmm. Um, Favre owned the Niners. Rodgers owned the Cowboys. What team will Love own? And I think I'm going to go with, you know, time being a flat circle and all, especially when it comes to Green Bay quarterbacks. I think how Rodgers came in and nearly beat the Cowboys in relief of Favre mm, and then I went see. on to just totally own Dallas. Yep. Um, I think Love's going to own the Eagles. I like it. I think why not? It's the perfect. It's it's the perfect story in keeping with uh, the flat circle of time. Love will just dominate the Eagles for his whole career. All right, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I appreciate the the sound of that. That sounds amazing. I was trying to think. I was like, you know, considering how good the Eagles are, but. I'm so iffy on the Eagles. They're they're kind of an anomaly to me because they're a team at the top, but they've also got a core that is built on a lot, a lot of really old players. And I feel like I've been saying that for 10 years. So, well, I guess that was the same with the Vikings, right? They just somehow maintained that level of oldness. Guys play until forever for the same team. Um, But I do wonder how much of that core is sustainable, right? Yeah, I mean, well, we we know they have a great quarterback. Well, we know we had a they had a great quarterback behind the number one offensive line with some of the best weapons in football. What happens when half of that 35-year-old offensive line leaves? What happens when you don't have a top defense? A.J. Brown's good, but there's a lot of, like, top 15 quarterbacks with top 10-ish wide receivers that aren't in the Super Bowl. Got to capitalize on those opportunities when you get them. I mean, you know... I can't fault the Eagles for not winning that first time in there, but they're they're in a unique situation where I'm just I'm just not sure. Whereas you know you look at the Chiefs and they're like, well, I'm sure they got some old guys too. Yeah, but the entire team is pretty much the quarterback and Andy Reid. I mean, we'll see what happens when Travis Kelsey inevitably leaves, but I have to assume they're going to find one weapon at some point. But anyways, yeah, hopefully if we dominate the Eagles, it's because the Eagles have stayed high, but we're just better than them. That would be ideal. Hey, Ryan. I uh, wanted to throw in a couple of things real quick. Uh, since having a little bit of time to catch up on some of the podcasts. All right. Um, I understand your point about Brian B. So I'll stand on my hill and defend it because I think he can bring some legitimate, um, good content to a podcast if asked the right questions. You can always go into, hey, whatever got you started as a Packer fan, let him tell his story. You know, let him just tell some anecdotes about, you know, being a Packer fan. Um, I just made the suggestion because we love him, but because he makes it known that he's a Packer fan. He's not ashamed of it. I mean, he goes on TV and, and talks about it, and he does commercials. He does NFL intros. The guy loves the Packers, and I think anybody that loves the Packers can always have an interesting story to tell. So I just, I'm going to stand on this hill. I understand that, you know, I'm not going for the clout. I'm just going for, hey, we love this guy, but we don't know everything about him. So let's learn a little bit more about him. So that, that's just my two cents on that. But then uh, when it comes to a... So... I'm going to be a little bit of a D-bag here. Wikipedia. <laughs> if if you really want to know a bunch more about Brian Baumgartner, check out Wikipedia. Also, doesn't he have a podcast and stuff? I thought he did. I thought he was starting one. I know there was the Office Girls, and then 
or the office ladies or whatever, and then they had him on. But I thought he was talking about how he was going to have a... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I get what you're saying. If you really want to get to know him, I'll tell you what. You can... I give you permission to claim that you're a part of the Packernet podcast. Reach out. Say, hey, I'm, I'm one of the hosts on this thing and I'd love to do an interview. You can do an interview with them and then uh, record it. And if that happens to be a thing, send it to me and we'll we'll put it on here and that'll be a thing. And you can do that as many times as you want. You can be the Packers uh, reporter, just going from person to person, talking about their stories and their life. All I'm saying is that I'm not doing it. I just don't, I know this isn't all about me, but there are strengths and there are weaknesses, and that's not what I'm interested in, and therefore I'm not doing it. Clayton might want to do it. He does a lot of interviews. I don't know. Doesn't seem to be exactly in his wheelhouse of who he's bringing on. JJ's had some guests on. Maybe he would go that route. I don't know. I like Brian Baumgartner. I like that he's a Packer fan, all that. I just don't have anything that I have to say to him or ask him. Songs and Packers related to love. I don't think you can do anything more relevant than Huey Lewis, Do You Believe in Love? Because does that not completely epitomize what everything going into this season is all about? You know, you got people that believe in him, and other people are putting him down. Other people saying, you know, he could be really good, or there's no way that he can be the third great quarterback. So, do you believe? And I do believe. So I think you gotta you gotta play that one and let the uh, word speak for itself. I'm out. Well, I I can tell just by looking at the first few lyrics that this is going to be like a lot of suggestions, a perfect song if we only look at the title and nothing else. <laughs> but let's run through it real quick. I was walking down a one way street just to looking for someone to meet, one woman who was looking for a man. Now I'm hoping, hoping, that the feeling is right. And I'm wondering, wondering, if you'll stay for the night. So I'm coming. I don't want to be lonely. Oh, baby, please tell me. I want to love you all over. I feel like this was inappropriate for me to even read. And it's even worse when you think about how this is supposedly going to apply to Jordan Love. So, yeah, aside from the title, I'm going to go ahead... Sorry, I just just tweaking out about the fact that I just read that. But yeah, let's uh, we'll we'll just put it in the old maybe column. (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy, the things that I do for you people. I mean, I won't talk to Brian Baumgartner, but if you want me to buy garlic seasoning, uh, Greek seasoning for vegetables, or watch these horrible freaking movies. Which I'm, I'm still, I'm not gonna. I'm dreading watching that Packers thing. I don't know why. I just, I'm just like, I don't want to watch this, but I will, and read these horrible song lyrics. <laughs> Hope you all appreciate it. I really do. Hey Ryan, it's Seth. Howdy. I was calling back about energy drinks. I, as you were uh, uh, on the air looking up Celsius on Amazon. Yeah. And you're right. Most of those flavors do sound terrible. Yeah. Real um, bad. I get the variety pack from Costco, and uh, I feel like I'm quickly becoming a Costco endorser on this show. Fair so, enough. hey, maybe you can get them to advertise for you. I don't know. Anyways. Not going to lie, I've looked into it. Um, I think I tried, and it's one of those things where it's like I couldn't find like a corporate email phone number thing. I'm sure they have them. I just, you know, as you're going through, it's like, I, I this is too hard. Smaller companies are easier. They got like one page, and it's like, here's... My home phone number. Like you can just call me whenever you want. Other massive corporations are like, "Oh, would you like to speak to our Hong Kong sales department?" Like, no, dude. I never mind. Forget it. The variety pack's pretty good. Um, Kiwi guava is my favorite. Okay. Um, don't know what guava is. Honestly, never actually had a guava playing yeah, with the kiwi. I don't know what that Love is. kiwi. Kiwi's good. Um, orange also isn't bad, and neither is watermelon. But some of those. Do you see cucumber lime? No, no, this is a this is an energy drink I'm talking about. Not not some uh, sparkling water that tastes like yeah. butt crap. Um, 
Sorry. Didn't mean to go there, but I, I hate most of those sparkling water brands. It's just like, what is this? Just give me normal water if you want. We're trying to not have something delicious. Um, and, and can I just say, I don't I don't super mind sparkling water. I mean, I don't actually... I, I What the heck is that stuff called? Oh, seltzer water. I used to drink that mostly because my dad liked it and I thought I was cool because I was drinking it. But I, I, I grew accustomed to it. It was fine. You know what's disgusting, though? And I find this when you, it's becoming either more popular or I'm just starting to notice it. But if you go to like hotels, especially if you go down south, like everywhere in Florida has this, instead of just having water for you to drink, they've got that, uh, somebody I just saw recently called it spa water and it's water and they dump fruit in it, but it doesn't taste fruity. It tastes like garbage. It tastes like water and garbage. It just tastes like dirty water. Like, I get that it looks fancy, and it's like, oh, spa water. It doesn't taste good at all. It's gross. Like, if you want some fruit it, for the sake of hydration, eat an orange, dude, or drink some orange juice, or just drink water. But this thing where we get, like, 40 gallons of water and throw in, like, eight oranges and apples and all this nonsense, it doesn't flavor it. It's awful. It's really bad. Anyways, yes, if you're going to try Celsius, uh... Give kiwi guava a shot yeah. or the variety pack from uh, Costco, which has kiwi guava in it. But that's all I got. Can't wait for some uh, some news to start coming out tomorrow um, from training camp. And then we got the the interviews from Goody on the floor today. I need mm-hmm. to go watch those or probably listen to those when I have time, not watch. Um, but anyways, see what's going on and. Um, yeah, I just I'm hoping we get just even just a few good clips to get me excited. I know we don't get much media coverage from practices, but if there's if we can get a few good clips. I don't care if it's from the Packers or media or what, but I'm gonna cross my fingers that we get something because I am amped up and ready for the season. Um, cannot wait um, for our first. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really more excited for the regular season, but yeah. even though the first couple preseason games if love plays at all i'm excited for that too i just want to just want some football in my life all right bye yeah i'm uh I'm, I'm i'm the same way and usually the way that this works is that it's super exciting and then the excitement starts to taper as time goes on and you start looking to that next thing but fortunately um i'm not there yet and i'm still just super jacked about all this and i'm, I'm really just upset that it's over already the first day i mean and I have to wait until, you know, tomorrow. But tomorrow is another day. And then we get a day off, which will be sad. And then we get Saturday. And then there's another day off, which is sad. And then it's Monday, Tuesday, whatever. But most of the time, we're going to have training camp. We're going to have some kind of details and everything. And, and I'll be honest, man. It, I thought it was pretty solid. I'm, I, I'm excited about it. Obviously, you'll find out more tomorrow. But um, I changed the way that I'm doing things as far as keeping track of all this. And I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, it's not perfect, but I've been able to kind of start with my sort of 53 and adjust it. And I made several adjustments based on what we heard yesterday already. Um, and I've got all my notes in here. I may make this available on Patreon. I just, I got to kind of see or think about it a little bit, but, um, yeah, definitely excited about it. I got all the notes for every player, every single play that happened. And, um, I'm also adding notes from, um, locker room interviews and and press conferences and all that. Anything that can be a detail that's relevant, at least I'm trying to keep up on that. For example, I didn't talk about this on tomorrow's podcast because I just heard it now, so I might as well mention it to you now. Sean Ryan was asked um, about what happened last year, and he just flat out was just completely honest, which I... And maybe this is common knowledge and I just missed it, but he seemed like super dejected about it. He was like, yeah, you know... um, I just really wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't take care of my body. You know, I was real loose with like my diet and, and exercise regimen and all that. And he said, uh, I, uh, I was real upset about it. He said the team was really upset about it. But he said he's, he's dotting his I's and crossing his T's and like doing everything that everybody's telling him. He said he's feeling a lot better. He wanted to say he was looking a lot better, but made a joke about, yeah, but I'm an offensive lineman, so I can't really look that good, obviously, which was pretty funny. And good news, he's already running with the twos. Granted, there's almost nobody that could even take his job. I mean, Jake Hansen could be with the twos, as could Chuck Filiaga. And I think Hansen was ahead of him last year. Now Jake is is running with the twos at center, which actually makes sense, because if Jake's with the 
guards at the, then who's our number two center. So either way, it kind of has to be that way, but I don't care. I'm happy to see it. He is our, our, um, as of right now, our number two left guard, no real news on how that went aside from the fact that it was a disaster running the football. (laughs) The offense in general was just terrible, but again, talk more about that tomorrow, but I'll tell you what, why don't we leave it at that? We'll continue with this. I've only got 11 more calls, but we'll take the new calls first. And then uh, with whatever time left, we'll clean up the rest of these 11 calls that we have. And uh, we're in it now, man. We're in it. We're off and running. You guys have a good rest of your night. Excited to talk to you guys about what happened tomorrow. And then, uh, of course, have plenty more going on. So have a good one. Bye-bye.